you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1142. Let's go to the corkboard, the ID10T corkboard. That is, find out what's going on in the ID10T community, events at ID10T.com. To share your thing, like Brian, uh, who has written, Hello, Chris and fellow ID 10 tiers. I wrote a novel I think a great many of you may enjoy, a tale of science fiction that's also a comedy. Great Men of Science, it's called, concerns a malcontent scientist named Albert, who, at the behest of the spoiled brat famous scientist Magnus Riptide, who screwed him out of a career full of wealth and fame back in college, has to help him defeat the menace he created, Thomas Edison. Well, not really Thomas Edison, but a 30% size clone of Thomas Edison made on a 3D printer who has escaped into the channels of time and is traveling through history, stealing the patent for every invention ever made. Great Men of Science is available wherever books are sold. Uh, it's got a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets Futurama-type vibe. I hope you like it. Thanks. Brian, this sounds amazing. We will definitely check it out, and we've now shared it with the ID10T community. So hopefully they check it out as well. Um, if you want to share your thing, events at ID10T.com is the way to do that. This episode, Christina Ricci is back on the podcast. I thought it had only been a few years, but she pointed out on the podcast it's been like eight years because, you know, time just flies and uh it's just it it moves so damn fast but um Richie is just the coolest like she makes me laugh so hard she's just one of the funniest people and obviously immensely incredibly brilliant and talented um her show that's on right now yellow jackets is Lydia's and mine it's like one of our favorite shows on television right now yellow jackets is on uh, Showtime and also the Showtime app and I highly recommend it. There's six episodes out now and there's more coming and if I'm not mistaken, I think it just got picked up for a second season. I hope it did um, but yes, Yellow Jackets, you should definitely watch it and also she's in The Matrix Resurrections which is a pretty big deal and that's coming out December 22nd uh, in theaters and streaming on HBO Max and we recorded this podcast a couple weeks ago, and at the time she was six days away from having a baby, and she has now since had that baby. So congratulations, uh, Christina Ricci, on the baby. Obviously, I had a lot of baby questions, and she was awesome to uh, answer them all because we are at the posting of this podcast about seven weeks out from the from baby town from the arrival of our little baby so uh i had a lot of questions and uh and just she had great answers but i just i had so much fun chatting with her for an hour and uh i'm gonna play the podcast now i'm gonna just stop talking about the podcast and actually uh roll the thing that being uh, episode number 1142 christina ricci returning to the id10t podcast here it is Good morning. Hey, let me turn my video on. Where? Here we go. <laughs> hey, how's Hi. it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. I, literally two, three minutes ago, they just finished resetting up our internet. Our whole house went down last night at like 7 p.m. Because oh, no. So I'm hoping that it's all okay, okay. and we'll just cross our fingers. Yeah. 
I have no judgment because I break technology just by being being close to it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's always it's thrilled weird. when it's someone else. <laughs> to be yeah, honest, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's totally, it's totally us. And also, we're so <laughs> I, I feel I'm so incredibly empathetic to people who are, especially just now where everything's like virtual. No, we don't. You know, no, it's crazy. I always say that I'm like I do my job in my mind. Like I don't even have paper. So <laughs> to all of a sudden ask me to do all this other shit. I'm just like, I, how can you expect? But, but I have learned rapidly over the past two years. So I'm fine now. <laughs> yeah. Well now, because now we have to kind of, well, you know, I feel like, okay, now I got to do my own makeup. That's fine. I don't mind. Got to yeah. do my own lighting. Got to do my own like camera work, all that. We all just had to adapt to do all yeah. these jobs that are very actually hard. <laughs> and what's really kind of fun is I like when people drop off equipment and then you get to keep it which is like, that's the best part of the whole pandemic virtual thing. I have some really fancy like microphones and lights. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, if you want to side hustle, you could always just open like a Ricci production facility and just, like, rent out all the equipment that people have given you. I'm regifting a microphone to my son for Christmas. I'm so excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That's a great gift. He doesn't, it doesn't matter where it came from. You know what? It's, it's uh, Santa. Santa gave you the mic and now you get to pass it on. It's, it's How are just, you? I hear you're expecting. We are. Yeah. We're two months out and, um, and we're just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very real. And we're, we're just in that zone of like, oh, I guess technically it could be any time, you know, we're getting yeah. to that point where it just could happen, but we're, we feel pretty good about you know, the, the February date that we have. Um, Liz is getting a C-section, so we know the date. So if everything goes... I am too. Oh, you yeah. are? So I'm six days away. In six days, this child will be out of me. Oh my God, I didn't realize you were that close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> out. <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. So. I, was so, I was so blown away by the... When we were talking to the doctor and she said... Um, Okay, so, you know, on this date in February, you come in, you get there at 5.15, 7.15, we bring you into the operating room, and by 7.45, and we're like, what? What? I mean, it just sounds so like... Yeah. I agree. I will be there, but I'm not sure. I'll probably be up with her. I think there's like a... Yeah, don't look. Don't. Okay. <laughs> it's very medical. It's very surgical. My sister has a thing during hers. She looked at the, she looked out the window and in the reflection of the window, she could see what was going on below the curtain. And she says, you know, she almost passed out because to see your insides on the outside is not, it's not normal. That's not what we're it's supposed to do. It's not a thing that we're really programmed to see. No. And I would think like, you don't want to see your wife's insides outside either. So I mean, I, listen, if Lydia said to me, it's very important that you see this, I would do it for her, but I <laughs> not said that. <laughs> you probably need trauma counseling afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was try, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out just to sort of diffuse any tension in the situation. Like, oh, should I, you know, should, am I, am I going to automatically like try to do bits in the room where I'm just like, you know, I cast ye out. You just like really <laughs> And then I realized like, oh, well, you know, not every, I forget that not everyone's a comedian and not everyone like that. It could come off weird. It could land weird while they're trying to do their depends. job. It really does depend. But, you know, read the room. <laughs> hey, you guys. What can we expect in terms of like, what's the vibe in the room? Is it pretty like, it's pretty calm and controlled. It's just everything I've ever seen in every movie. It's pandemonium. And it's never, per, it's never quiet. Per, it's quiet. I remember it being very quiet and that made me anxious. Just, I'm like a nervous talker too. So the quietness, I'm sure I said some idiotic things. Just. <laughs> so what do you guys like to do? What do you, what do you, what, what's going on? What are you guys doing you down there? Kids? Anesthesiologist. Hey, do you have kids? Do you don't do this with your wife? No, no. Okay. You, you guys done this before? You did this before, right? <laughs> Isn't that the first? Okay, good. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember being quiet and cold. Quiet and cold. Well, I don't, I, I feel like, I mean, Lids is a rock. Like she is unshakable. I, I'm the one who's more like, I hope everything's okay. So I'm just going to do my best to just be as like Zen as possible. 
to just be whatever she needs me to be in the moment. I just don't know. I've never experienced anything like this before, so I just don't know what to expect. Pretty crazy. I'm sure you'll be fine. I hope so. Pass out. As long as you don't pass out, I think you're fine. I'll be so embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, they seem to be really embarrassed afterwards when they do that. Because you want to be, you want to be a good partner. Like you want to be like, and if your body just shuts down, that's, <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to say after that. Yeah. And then uh, also thinking about like, you know, what we hadn't really planned on uh, was, oh yeah, it's a major surgery. You're going to have, you need to recover for a while yeah. after, especially a C-section. So we're, we're sort of in the process of setting everything up so that recovery is as comfortable as possible. Yeah. I'm really terrible with that stuff. I'm always like, but exactly how little can I do? I'm like, I'm really bad. And my doctor has really laid out the limits for me. So you not, are you, you not like to sit still? I can't sit still and I'm so controlling and I'm so specific about how I like things around me, but I also cannot stomach a person that tells other people how to do it. Right. When it's so specifically my problem. Right. But it drives me insane. Like I don't like the way the glasses are organized, but I can't reach the glasses because of my gigantic stomach. So I just have to sit there tortured. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to tell my husband how I would like them organized. Because I feel like that's just too much. I I I totally I totally understand. I I try to notice things as much as possible, where it's like, okay, when Lids put these in the fridge, all the labels were facing out. So I think she likes all oh, the that's nice. facing out. But I don't. But I still feel like I'm a dopey husband. So there's still stuff You're I miss. Not being able to do it yourself, it just is. So I have a lot of trouble sitting. I don't like sitting still, but it's fine. And I have a seven year old, and I feel much more comfortable ordering him around. So. specifically the way i want them (laughs) Uh, well that's nice i i i I, i'm encouraged to hear that i i feel a lot better talking to someone who's who's actually been through a c-section and it was totally fine and you're totally totally happy i actually felt like i i mean i did have not given birth the other way but i feel like i would i i was thrilled with a (laughs) c-section So uh, if you were if you were giving a C-section a Yelp rating, you would say four stars would do again. Yes. Yes. And they give you a shot of morphine afterwards, which is fantastic. Oh, well, that's nice. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I'm not sure Lydia can take morphine. I think it like messes with her in some way. So I don't know if they're going to I don't know if it'll be something else. But but I Either feel way, like- you get a lot of nice drugs and, <laughs> and it's nice. It's, it's good. Everything comes. Yeah. I don't know what, first of all, uh, Lydia adores you. And- oh, I know. We hung out once. It was really fun. We've been trying to get to, get to hang out again, maybe with our babies. Yeah, well, you know, 2020 kind of threw a wrench into, into hangout plans. So it, uh, it's totally understandable. But I, I don't, we, we very, when you come up around the house, we casually refer to you by your last name as it was like, oh, Richie's uh, having a baby. I don't know why. That's why I prefer that. So oh, great. you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I like the last name better than my first name, so it's fine. Richie's a great last name, but it also, like, there's this familiarity. It's like, oh, we're, we might go to, you know, a few years ago, it was like, oh, we're going to Disneyland. Oh, I'll see if Richie wants to go. You know, like, it was very yeah. uh, it was very friendly, but she just, she really thinks you're the coolest. I love her. We had so much fun at this fashion show we were at together. Yeah. She's here up in the house somewhere. If, if she, she said if she could, we're, we're trying to set up, um because uh, there's a, the house is a few floors, so we're trying to set up a room on the ground floor for her. Like we're turning a room into a bedroom so that – because we're getting to a point where up and down the stairs is starting to get a little tiresome. Yeah. So we're trying to just make a safe haven down on the ground floor so that stairs do not have to be the only option. It's a good idea. Yeah, our bedroom is upstairs and I still do it, but – Somebody usually has to walk behind me. (laughs) (laughs) My back, just like pushing gently. Yeah. Well, we watched, um, I guess Showtime sent us the first six episodes of Yellow Jackets and we watched the first five and then we stopped and we realized, oh, there are more than six episodes and we can't get access to them yet. And we love the show so much. So we just, we're just waiting until we can get, so we don't have to wait like two months for the next episode. Yeah, I hear you. They won't give me the rest after six either. So, and it's annoying. So yeah. I, also, I'm just going to say my dogs are in a room 
um, they're making gremlin sounds. <laughs> if that becomes a problem, I can put them outside. No, no, please. We have a massive dog upstairs and he might like just start having a freak out or not. And I think this is just the world that we're in now. It's just okay. like, hey, you know what? People have dogs. People have kids who walk in and that's fine. It's totally fine. Okay, great. They're usually quiet. They're in this little room that's like their small room. And for some reason now they're going insane. Well, I, I, it's, I wonder, I cannot but wonder like how pets have been affected by everything. Because like our, our, our dog, we got a month before pandemic. And then for the first year or so, a year and a half of his life, he was never not with us ever. Yeah. So I just, I wonder if like, as we are emerging from all this, if pets are like, what the fuck? I don't, what bullshit is this? Because we're not <laughs> to them all the time. Exactly. It's funny. Do you have any, do you have a special connection with the dogs? Uh, Lydia seems to know when the dog is happy, when he's excited. He had an accident in the house the other day and she was convinced he was embarrassed. I'm like, I don't, I don't think he feels embarrassed. And she was like, he really embarrassed that this happened. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if he is. Well, I have three of them. And since I've been pregnant, I haven't really been able to care for them because they're boisterous and two of them are rescue dogs. So yeah. My husband deals with them mostly. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I really love them, but they're really annoying right now. <laughs> and the whole thing where they're like supposed to know you're pregnant, it's just a myth. They have no idea. They're just still jumping on me, punching me in the stomach. The cat, I have a special connection with. I really love my cat. The, the cat does the cat know that something is going on? I feel like she does. She's around a lot more. She's been sleeping in the crib, which is Good and bad. The monitor has been monitoring her sleeping and heartbeat. <laughs> um, she's around a lot more, Figaro. So I don't know. But uh, but the other dogs are just annoying me right now. <laughs> just, why can't they just get it together together and be empathetic to the situation? Why can't they just, like you said earlier, why can't they just fucking read the room? Why can't, why can't the dog just read the room? Behave themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Just be cool. <laughs> Maybe they could just rearrange the glasses for you once in a while. Maybe they could bring you something that you need. Something. Anything. Be a, be good family members. <laughs> but Yellow Jackets is legitimately, it's, it was, it's been our favorite show right now. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Like, immediately, we're sucked into it, and it just became like the show that we started watching every night together. Um, and the only thing I'm bummed about is that we don't have the next handful of episodes. I know. And the last three, the last three or well, you you have four left. I have three left. But from what we shot, the last three should be the most fun. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, it, the thing about the show, <clears throat> I feel like we're so spoiled as consumers now because there's just a lot of everything. And being that, it's really easy to sort of I don't know. I feel like it's easy to just to take entertainment for granted. But when a show comes along that's so insanely original that you can't track, like most shows you watch and go, okay, I kind of see where this is going. I see what this is. I see what they did. This show is untrackable. It is so original and so interesting and so well done. Um, did you kind of right away from reading the script get the sense of that? Or was that something that you noticed as you were making it? Well, no, I mean, the the pilot itself felt very original. Um, it was sort of all these different references rolled into one when it was talked about and pitched. Um, and then, I mean, just the idea that it's the, just the idea that it is these, that it is sort of an exploration of the brutality of women without the need for exploitation at the same time, you know, I think is really, cause usually like violent women and there's gotta be like a really strong sexual element to it. And, you know, it has to be pulpy to be believed right. or, and that this is sort of, it rides that line, I think a lot, but there's no um, exploitation in it, which was something that I was sort of, that I really loved. And, uh, and then at the same time, every time a new script would come out, um, it would reveal like a different shade of the show. And that was really fascinating too. Cause in the beginning, no one said Stephen King to me and the pilot doesn't feel very Stephen Kingy. 
And then by like the second or third episode, I said to the writers, I was like, it's, it feels like a Stephen King show. Um, it's really incredible. And I'm so excited because I love Stephen King. And they were like, oh, yeah, that was always our intention. And I was like, well, yeah, OK, I didn't know that. <laughs> and all of us sort of know different. Everyone on the cast knows different things about it and we're given different references. So it's I think in the way that when something's very original, it's hard to have a specific references. This that's what this show is. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug, ignored a leaky faucet, pretended your half painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all gone unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few taps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Yeah, and now something like this gets made and then you're going to see for like the next year or two, like all of the clones of this show, like everyone's going to rush to make their version of Yellow Jackets too. Oh, that's kind of fun. I hadn't thought about that. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, the business is so funny because it, it, it it's amazing to me that anything original ever gets made. Yeah, no, because you have to have proven that something is a good idea before they'll give you money for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because everyone, because the, the, the people that tend to make decisions are generally doing their best to not get fired. So if they yeah. go out on a limb, then they, you know, if something doesn't work, then they are afraid that they will have to answer for it, as opposed to you know, they just kind of look at a spreadsheet and go, well, you know, all of these data points suggest that they look, look at all the followers on social media. These people have, this should have been huge. This isn't my fault. And then they're like, okay, I guess you don't get fired. And so when, I think when people really do something different, something magical happens because a lot of people came together to try something original, which is, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is pretty amazing. And it, a TV is so weird, too, because unless you're an EP, you really don't know what's going on most of the time. So it is kind of to, to go through the whole process and then to see it at the end and to have it be something new and so specific is um, it's sort of almost hard to categorize in a way. I often I, I really wonder what it must feel like to get to a point in your career, because I imagine people probably just offer you stuff now and you get to read stuff and go, I'll do this, but I don't want to do this. I want to do this. And I always marvel at the fact, like, how do you know? How do you, because something on the page, how many times have you seen something on the page and you didn't take the job, but then you see the movie and you go, holy shit, this is not at all what that script was. How did this end up happening? Like, how do you know? And how do you maintain? Because you have a really good track record. Oh, thank you. I have to say, (laughs) I've made some choices that later I was like, Oh, I really only saw what I wanted to see in that. Um, And it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. And since having made like a few big mistakes in that arena, I've stopped and been more careful and really asked all like better questions. Do do, do you sort of confer with your, do you have a team of, do you have like a professional team or just like a personal team of friends that you can kick stuff over and go, hey, what do you think of this? Or do you feel like at this point, like, no, I have a pretty strong gut for how this all works. I mean, I have a pretty strong instinct, but I also at the same time really trust. I have a really fantastic manager that I trust who's almost too honest with me at times. Um, and uh, we kind of go through all the potential negatives and positives. And um, so I think through that. 
pretty pretty careful. That's cool. And then, uh, do you know, like, uh, did you shoot a bunch of stuff in between Yellow Jackets and uh, now? Or no, no. I mean, we just finished shooting in um, September or the end of September. Oh wow! So, so no, I've just been being pregnant ever since then. And then, do you give yourself a certain amount of, uh, you know? Are you going to be okay, like just kind of laying low for a while, or do you? No, think as soon as I can, I want to start working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, what been, that's what I've been saying to Lydia. It's like, well, you know, like it, it'll, you know, it'll. She was very fortunate to be able to work qu- quite a bit during pandemic, and I still notice sometimes she'll go like, ah, I don't know, I feel like I now like you worked, you know, you're doing great, and just like this will all be fine, and by the time the baby's here, like. It's the holidays. Nothing is going to really happen anyway, you know? Yeah, so. I'm happy it's the holidays when I'm giving birth because then I really do have like two months of nobody's really doing anything anyway. Everything shuts down. It's hard, though. Yeah. And, and even in a pre-pandemic time, the business is always so interesting about like every year it kind of edges another couple days for the holidays where I feel like the years ago, the business used to shut down around December 17th or 20th. Then it got earlier in December. And now I feel like, you know, then then people would be like, well, you know, nothing really happens between Thanksgiving and New Year's. It's like there's still a lot of days in there to do stuff. And now it's just like all- in February. Yeah. It, 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 they take all of January now to like get it together again. So <laughs> long period of time. <laughs> Well, because we used to have like production cycles and there was a there was an official pilot season. There was this and now it's just people are just making shit all the time. What do you think about the the sort of the migration to I mean, I just call it content because like calling something television or a movie, it almost it kind of doesn't really make any sense entirely anymore. No, I know. I call it content, too, because there's just no difference, really. Yeah. Yeah, but a show uh, is is Yellow Jacket supposed to be one season, or is it is it? No, it's, I mean, oh, good. okay, good. To find out if we get our pickup. Oh, good, 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 good. Because that's the other thing too is the the whole idea of like the mini, you know, the one season arc of something. Sort of feeling... really frustrating after you're like six episodes in. You're like, this is only one season. How could I possibly be satisfied <laughs> at this point? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because you it's this whole new like version of storytelling has come around, which is like, well, it's like a movie, but it's also like a television show, but it's only eight episodes or six episodes. And none of these people will come back. (laughs) So it's like a long movie television show. It's a little sad. Like I'm sad that I won't see any more mayor of East town. You know, I'm upset. I want to watch that character more. I feel like it's, um, it's like a weird emotional exercise. Well, yeah, but I think we're coming out of those. Uh, I, I think, I think the best thing that a series can hope for in these times is like three, four seasons, maybe. But yeah. I think, well, that's fine. yeah, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure not everyone wants to be on a show for ten or twelve years, but also um, there, it doesn't really benefit streamers to have to like keep paying for something for like 10 seasons. They just don't. Yeah. And we all want something new all the time now because we're just given new stuff constantly. Yeah. And if we don't get something brand new constantly, I just, I don't know. I I'm old enough to remember where we just didn't you, if you didn't see something on TV, you maybe you wouldn't see it again. Uh, it'll come out on VHS in like six months. Yep. You know, maybe it'll pop up on cable, but now the expectation is so. Do you do you think we're getting to a point where we're just gorging on <laughs> entertainment too much? Well, I mean, yes and no, because I definitely benefit and do that myself, and um, you know, for my job and everything, it's fantastic. But sometimes I do think about the fat people in the pods from Wally on the ship, right? Like fed everything they want all the time. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. This is dovetailing nicely into the Matrix. You may have accidentally <laughs> just dovetailed really beautifully into the Matrix. Um, I have kept myself from watching any trailers because I have no, I, I want to go in and be completely surprised. Um, but how without, you know, obviously without spoiling anything, 
how was the experience? Was it fun, interesting? Were you a Matrix fan before? Any of the basic questions you've probably gotten a thousand times. I mean, I was a Matrix fan. I was 18 when The Matrix, oh no, what, 19? 19 when The Matrix came out. And my mind was blown with all the rest of us people who'd never seen anything like it before. Um, so I loved The Matrix. And also I'd worked with the Wachowskis before and I loved that whole team. And um, I love the way they make movies. And, you know, it's one of those things where like, you think that you make movies until you start making one of their movies. And then you're like, oh, wow. So this is, this is making movies. Um, there's just always the level of effects and, um, and units going on at the same time and people. And it's like filmmaking is math. I don't, they just, the things that you know are going on in people's heads are incredible. Um, so it's really fun to be a part of for sure. Uh, so I was really excited when Lana invited me to come and be a part of it. So it was really cool. And Keanu Reeves. So, you know, I mean, come on. It's, he's like the greatest movie star that's ever lived. He, and also by all accounts, like maybe one of the greatest human beings who's ever lived. I mean, I really, he, it was like a thrill to be around him and to see how wonderful he was. And the internet is so in love with Keanu Reeves. Like I see like quotes of his pop up all the time you know instagram has figured out that i'm a fan of his so i'll get these you know i'll get a really pensive shot of Keanu reeves or some quote that he said that's like wow this guy's this guy's ascending to like some kind of weird deity he's like uh, Jesus. <laughs> well that's kind of what neo is isn't he, yes, he he's is. kind of like digital jesus neo yeah. is digital jesus he's jesus for our times and i love his you know his 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 career path is so fascinating to me because there you, you could see the traces of what ultimately ended up fully manifesting in the matrix where he was taking these jobs where they were these really interesting kind of offbeat techno super kind of supernatural sort of weird and the the seeing of the trailer of the matrix in a theater was one of the most profound movie theater experiences i've ever had because i think people don't remember when that movie came out he was like the Bill and Ted guy, you know, he was sort of like the, whoa. And in the trailer for the Matrix. Comedies. Wasn't that the Sandra Bullock romantic comedy time? I think it may, I think it may have been. Yeah. yeah. I think it may have been. The letter or that beat lake house or what that one of the, like it was around that time. It was around that time. Very unexpected. Yeah. And then when that trailer started, he says a woe in the trailer in the beginning. <laughs> and the theater laughed because they're like, what is this going to be? And the the tonal change in the theater from that point to the end of the trailer, it was like dead silent where you could, everyone was like, what in the fuck did I just watch? And it literally changed cinema. Yes. Yes, watching that movie, I remember just that my mind was absolutely blown. I had no idea. I didn't expect it. I did not see that trailer in the in the theaters. So I just saw it and with not, not knowing anything about it and was just like forever changed. Yeah. I mean, do you think as performers, is this kind of the, is that sort of the, the whale that yes, everyone changes? Yes, I, yes, it really is. And that's like for me, I always look at things and I'm like, have, have we seen this before? Like who wants to make the same shit? Um, you know, and even with characters and I just, I'm always like, I want to do something that people haven't seen. And that I think is, that's the white whale. Yeah. And it's also hard though, because, and um, you know, like you said, unless you're an executive producer, when you're acting, you really, only only thing you can really control is your performance. That's really but you can't because if they don't like your performance, they'll play it on a wide shot behind your head. <laughs> or, or they'll edit, they'll edit around it, or they'll change yes. the performance in editing. Yes. So you're right. So actually, no, I'm so I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. You so you actually have very You have to. Yes. Because you'll be on set and you're like, no, I don't think that she would do that or she should do that. And someone's like, okay, fine. And you know when they say, okay, fine, they're like, we'll play it in the wide behind her head. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, for, for me, the, the, the version of that is, was always, um, okay, well, just, you know what, just do this one for us. And I'm like, I know, but I know that just means you're going to use, ah, fine. All right. I, it's fine. It's fine. They figured out a way around that one, too, because you're like, if I don't give it to you, you won't have it. And they're like, yeah, we can play it on a wide shot behind your head and make you 
dub it. <laughs> <laughs> or there's, or there's like that performance right in there later. Or if you like half phone it in, then, you know, if we use that, that's just going to reflect poorly on you. So, and, you know, there's, yeah, there's the other, that's the other thing. So you really want to be an EP on things like TV. Do you, uh, when you're an EP, do you sort of, how, how are you able to separate that from the performance? Like, how do you not just think about everything all the time? I'm, I marvel at people who are able to um, be able to do multiple things when they have to also perform. Because I just feel like, how do you shove all that other? How are you not thinking about some production annoying thing when you have to be present in a moment in a scene? Well, I think, I think it's the same as like dealing with your life. You know, you shut out your life for that. It's only like, it's usually 30 seconds. I mean, honestly, <laughs> so usually I can focus for that amount of time and then do the other things that go with producing. That's so funny. I always think about how, you know, you work so hard your whole life to, to, to do this thing. And when you really think about it, you're like, how much did I actually do the thing that I wanted? It was like, what was it? 18 minutes in total? Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Total? It's true. That gives me a lot of anxiety, actually, how like little time you get to do the thing, because I'm always worried I'm going to you know blow it. You only have a certain amount of time. <laughs> Don't blow it. Yeah. But in a, but do, and do you feel like that, that, a, that a little bit of anxiety is is motivating or do I mean, at a certain I point, it's motivating. No. I'm better when I'm like cocky as hell, arrogant, like totally relaxed, don't give a shit. Um, then I'm great. It's when I care too much, I will destroy things. Not giving a shit is really hard because if you even have the thought, well, I'm, I don't want to give a shit about this. And it's like, well, clearly you give a shit about how do you. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, there are levels. I don't right. mean completely giving, not giving a shit. I just mean like not feeling like everything lives or die on lives or dies in your performance at that moment. Absolutely. You just, I know you just mean like not being bound up by your anxiety so that you can actually function, but I don't, that can be really difficult to detach sometimes because the anxiety is such a physiological reaction that by the time you realize it's happening, you're having to talk yourself out of it. You're having to talk your body out of it's a physical terrible. reaction that you're having. Everything. And yeah, I've had so many, so many times when I'm just like, oh, I wish we could go back and reshoot the first week of filming or the first episode we did. And because now I feel much more relaxed and, I'm not in my own way. But yeah, that happens all the time. That's an interesting point that you bring up. I, I wonder if there are any directors who factor in at the end of the shoot, reshooting like the first thing that would, you shot. I would do that. I think that that's a, a smart idea. Because yeah. you, you probably don't entirely, it probably takes a second to kind of figure out the chemistry and the dynamic. Especially with television too, because you don't know what your character is going to do later on in other episodes and they don't tell you. Um, it's like a, it, just something you don't know. So you kind of, it's hard to really figure out who the character is completely until you've done like three or four episodes. And then right. you, you know, you kind of have this idea of what they're capable of and who they are and all the rules. And in the beginning though, to try to figure out those rules with so little information is very difficult. So yeah, like I wanted to, I was, I kind of wanted to go back and reshoot all my stuff in episode two of Yellow Jackets. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. As, as a viewer, it did not. It it's it's such a it flaw. It goes so fast too. It goes so fast that find, like I found myself after the entire season being like, oh, I now I get now I get it. I have like an overarching rule book for her, but it was afterwards. Which is that's hard. probably what. That's probably why season twos are great, right? Because yeah, I would think so. Yes, I've never gotten to a season two in a television show, so let's hope. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh wow! But how many? Sh but have you have you done a lot of television? I've only done two TV shows. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, that, that, that actually that, 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 that's a lot. That, that makes a lot more sense. We only done two. Television is hard, and, and even though I feel like there is just a glut of content and platforms right now. I still feel like I know a lot of people who are not working. It's like, but shouldn't everyone be working? It feels like there's a million shows. Everyone should be working. It's true. There should be a job for everyone when it comes to creating content. 
But every, everyone's basically in entertainment now because of social media. Like literally every person on the almost every person on the planet who's on is in entertainment. It, it's not like just for performers anymore. No, it's not. My son wants a YouTube channel, and I've told him until he can come up with a concept, um, episode ideas, he's not allowed. To are you, you going to be the studio for your? <laughs> yes. Well, we have this thing in my house that you should be famous for what you do, what you contribute, not who you are. Oh, that's great. That will destroy your soul. And yep. um, so I think that, you know, if you want to. Yeah, you have to prove to me that you've actually got something to say. Oh, my God. That is a brilliant sort of like mantra to have, be, you know, be famous for what you do, not not who you are. Because, because that's ultimately the latter of that is like, oh, well, that's kind of all social media. It's like as someone who was an early adopter of every technological thing, I find myself now thinking differently about it with the child on the way it's like oh what i mean we're still several years away from having to really worry about it and maybe it'll change in 10 years but still i'm going what are we going to do if our child wants to it just gets absorbed by this thing how do we and i i don't think that what you contribute has to be like you know it doesn't have to be something insane but what is the concept and that thing the idea has to be separate from just like my personality. That's right. it. You know, are you like, he, he got really into volcanoes. I was like, if you just want to do nothing but episodes of exploding different volcanoes that you put together, that's fine. That's you know, cool. like just something that isn't completely about how he looks or, you know, his personality. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to do a lot of work as a parent to let our child, to let her know, like, you have so much value that has nothing to do with any of that shit, you know, so that, but it's just, the all that stuff is designed <laughs> to yeah. be addictive. It's designed, it's designed toxically. So it sort of, it plays upon all these really kind of basic human emotions and needs and insecurities that I think even the healthiest person probably kind of struggles with it to a degree because it is literally designed that way. Yeah, no, it's really crazy. It's all for me. I've and I'm I'm not that smart, but it just seems like to me it's all about social currency and right. measuring your social currency. And it's it's a dangerous, a slippery slope. <laughs> well, it is, especially when you know, like I I remember being in high school and there was enough pressure just feeling like, well, how do I fit into the couple of hundred people in this, in this, but now it's like billions of, you know, and the, and the sort of comparative thinking, but the comparative thinking is tied to distorted lenses. And so it's not, yeah. So I, I don't know, Lydia is not like a super fan of technology at all. And so I actually feel really good about that because you know, but I don't know. What do you do if your if your child is freaking out and it, it's like it's, you can put an iPad in front of them and then that calms them? I, I I literally don't. I just hope we'll figure it out as we get there. Yeah, I found with my son that I really try. I mean, he's obsessed with YouTube, and I use it as um, a way to get him to do things. Like if you do twenty minutes of math exercises on IXL, you can watch twenty minutes of YouTube. Um, but but always there's like a conversation about, you know, these people are performing or this is essentially television. Um, just anything to separate it from it being so precious or so, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess precious. What, what is it? What does he watch? Does he watch other kids play games? Does he watch? He watches other kids play with toys and um, go on like vacations and stuff. Um, <laughs> And then he's like really into gaming. So he will watch uh, tutorial, like gaming videos where they teach them how to find, I guess, find stuff and do things. I don't know. Do you play anything? Are you a game? No, I tried. We, we had to go to Canada for six months and we had to be in quarantine for two weeks and the whole thing. So I got a switch and tried to play Fortnite with him and he was very nice to me about it. But I just don't have that in me. I just don't care about games. I don't care if I lose. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> that, but see, that's the healthiest attitude in the world. I know. Translates into me being like, nah. Yeah. 
Lydia, Lydia and I both play. We played a bunch of Animal Crossing together for like a year during quarantine. And it was actually really. It's fun. I wish that I had the desire to. I watch other people play games, which is strange, but I don't really like to take part. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. I do, I am endlessly fascinated by the idea of like watching people play games. And the only thing that I can figure is that A, there's a storytelling arc to it, that B, you don't have to there's no risk like there because there is a a mild amount of anxiety when you're young and you're playing a game that like oh i'm not going to do it right or i'm not going to be able to accomplish it and so you get to experience the game without having to experience the kind of emotional yeah disturbance that comes along with like i can't get past this one fucking level god damn it i'm much more of a you're doing it wrong person than actually doing it myself for sure. <laughs> I like to be able to like leave the room and come back and see where we've progressed to. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good idea though. I, I really, uh, I hope that, and we'll do our best to try to figure out like, what is she into and what kind of stuff does she like? And we'll try to feed that. But this idea of, you know, if you really want to be famous, be famous for what you do, because at least that's, at least you would learn something or at least you would be teaching something, or at least there's a craft or a skill. Yeah, and and all this focus, I think, on like your the vessel is bad. You know, it's supposed to be about what's going on in our brains. Well, not only that, but it also just relies on almost entirely external factors mm-hmm. of how many people are following you. If people decide to not follow you or unfollow yeah. you, and then you start attaching your worth or your value to this external thing, which is uncontrollable and volatile. Yeah, and how you know it just. I, I think it could just be. Dead, I think it's just deadly for, for people who haven't learned to kind of form that internal sense of self. Well, and that's then- the problem, too, is when they, people become too famous or dependent on outside input before they know who they are. Like, that just sounds devastating to me. So, Yeah, but, but also I think, you know, because you were able to, I feel like you've been in the business long enough that you... I feel I, I would imagine that early on you kind of figured out like, yeah, oh, that's really stupid. I'm just going to focus on the work and all oh, that's kind of dumb. No, but I mean, I'm a human being, so it's still really horrible. <laughs> still, still take criticism really poorly and public opinion. And, you know, it's, it's like just as I'm just as vulnerable. So I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be seven. Do you know what I mean? Um, did he have a response to, Hey, if you want to do a channel about volcanoes, is he considering it? No, I don't want to do that. I want to play games. And I was like, so you want to be one of these people that just plays games and is recorded playing games. I mean, at least that's like a skill. I guess it's a skill, right? I mean, he's good. I don't know though. It seems weird to have people just watch you play games. I'm not sure. No, but I do think that's better than just like, Hey, I'm recording. Being like, Hey, I'm going to show you this thing I got today. That's exactly right. Well, that's exactly right. It's it's the difference between him, like that is a skill, yeah. versus just becoming a, a a social media reality show, which I think right. is is he is can the be other charming way. while he's doing the games, and he's got to wear a mask. I told him he has to wear a mask of some kind. Oh yeah, because you don't, you can't, you don't want people to know what your child looks like. That's yeah, there's that, but there's that. And sometimes I waffle, like, is it so bad? But I don't know. I really feel like I want him to be 
a fully formed adult before he decides that he wants to be recognizable on the street, you know? Right, right, right. Because kids don't necessarily know what all that entails. They just can't understand that yet. They can't understand that 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 is a potentially dangerous thing. What if he wants to be a spy or like a secret service agent or something? If he wants to be a spy, you may never know. He might already be doing it. He might be (laughs) a spy right now. He might be a spy. The gaming channel might be a way to... Communicate with others, yeah, secretly, through code. Secretly, spy information. (laughs) Is that what it's called, spy information? (laughs) I'm here to bring my spy information. I don't know, you might not be a great spy. Uh, Were there things before and after that you, because I feel like we go go into parenthood with these very like, okay, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do this. And obviously a lot of it goes out the window because you have to be flexible. You have to understand. But did a sort of a light switch come on like after the birth where you were like, oh, I feel like I understand things now on a molecular level now that this has happened that I didn't understand before? Well, I feel like um, I had more ideas about how much you could actually shape a person, a a child's personality and stuff. And Freddie came out and Freddie was very much who he was. Um, He's always been the same kid, um, likes what he likes. Uh, and it's interesting to know that they just, they really come out and they are who they are in many ways. So that oh, was that interesting. That I didn't have a lot of um, preconceptions. I don't have, I'm not very good at, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not so great at, I don't, I usually don't have a lot of preconceptions when I go into situations. I don't know why. That's good. Actually, you were probably conditioned because of acting, because you don't know what a, you don't know what a set's going to be like when you get on, and you don't know what the dynamic is going to be, and you just have to be flexible to flexible. it. Flexible, yeah, I'm very flexible as a person. So I kind of was like, I don't, I don't know, what this is going to be like raising a child, but we'll see what happens. And I have like a few things in my life that I feel like ma- manage, like always having to be okay with what I've done that day and so I can sleep at night and things right. like that. I'm like really ruled by anxiety and guilt. So it's, it's helpful. <laughs> anxiety is a hard one. And I think it's, it, it especially now there's just so much of everything. I, I, I really do think the overload just comes from that. Our brains we're not particularly evolved to handle as much information that is running in the background at all times that we're trying to absorb at all times. So I feel like, that's why so many people, well, that, of course, in a global pandemic and a million other things that are going sideways, but just that sort of feeling of like, ah, there's just too much. I don't know. That feeling is, is it's hard. Do you, do, you, when, do, you, do you wake up in the middle of the night and kind of like have to like just sort of shove it down? I wake up usually around 4 or 5 a.m. and go through all the things that I might be forgetting to do. People get a lot of emails from me at five. That's what Same. I do most of my 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 best work. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is quiet at that hour. I catch up on everything. It's like the anxiety of like, oh, you've forgotten to do this and don't forget to do that. And you better ask about this. And I'm very, um, people are always like, you're so organized. It's like, no, I'm riddled with anxiety. So, yeah. And do you feel like... Uh... Have you have you come up with ways to sort of mitigate that? And I'm I'm happy with this system. You know, I never I, if it wakes me up at four in the morning, it's important and I should take care of it then and there. You know, there have been a lot of times when like my anxiety makes me ask extra questions and then I'm so glad I did. So I kind of view it as more of a tool. And the guilt is the same thing. The guilt keeps me honest. So that's a really kind of healthy way to look at anxiety. I, I sort of think of it as like um just a bad byproduct of, you know, overthinking or, or, or trying to manage catastrophe. It's like, Oh, I got to think of every possibility and that's not entirely healthy, but thinking about it as a tool, a, a helpful tool when you can I use really it. View it as a tool. It's like, it keeps me from forgetting things. Um, it, it makes me responsible. My fear of people not liking me keeps me from being a jerk. Um, yeah, I, I try to utilize it as much as possible. <laughs> well, any way that we can, cause I do feel like there's some, this idea that like, oh, we could just get rid of anxiety altogether and never have it. Like, well, I don't know it if that's there for a reason. That's the thing that I think also 
my mother was always like, guilt is such a useless um, emotion. I was like, I don't think it's useless. Like if you need to feel bad about things that you've done wrong. Um, but in moderation though, right? Yeah, because in moderation. Doing- if you can channel right. it and use it properly and not let it destroy your life, then yes. But otherwise you should go to a therapist. <laughs> Therapy's good. You know, I, I, tell, I often, you know, if, if for people who are like, I don't know. I don't really have anything to talk about. I go, yeah, but it's really good just to have an hour, even an hour a week or two, just to be able to talk with someone. And, you know, and it's not like, because you don't want your significant other to be the person that you're constantly like, oh, and then this stressed me out. And then this stressed me out or your mom or your whoever. And it's not that you shouldn't talk to people sometimes, but it is nice to have someone who can sort of like help sort through things and just kind of vent. Yeah. No, I think it's really good. Definitely. Well, um, I am delighted that you were willing to do a podcast six days before you're <laughs> having a child. This actually, by the time this goes up, that my child will, will be out. your child will be out. So the new baby could listen to the podcast. <laughs> does your son listen to podcasts? Do kids listen to podcasts? Do they care about no, that? He doesn't. No. He doesn't know about them, I don't think yet. He's never mentioned them. It's remarkable to me what has happened in the world of podcasting. And I think it's great. From the last time you were on the podcast, which was like five years ago or something. But was it a podcast then or was it a radio show? Because that was, it 10, was a podcast. eight years ago. It was like eight years ago. Oh, was it eight? Yes. Jesus Christ. I was putting it with my first child then. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. And we talked about this whole thing where it was like reaching where people like get under a table or something. Yes. And I could still fit under tables. Yeah. It was a meme, like some kind of a meme and and... and that was eight years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So when I was thinking about that, I was like, was that a podcast then? Or was that, wow. So you were like one of the earliest. I don't know if I was the early, I mean, I've been doing it for 12, almost 12 years, but I don't know, but there were people like, there were people who were doing it years before that. It's just now around it's really, 12. Everybody's doing it now. Wait, how do you, that's, that's kind of make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it actually doesn't because I feel like for me, on the one side, it's like, oh my God, there's a million, of course, there's so many podcasts to listen to, but also like, it's hard to, it's hard for me. To, I would never get mad at like people discovering themselves or like giving people something that they want or expanding the platform or the format. I mean, it's sort of like you would never do stand-up if you thought about how many comedians are. It's like, yeah, but the more comics there are, the more people are going out to see comedy, the more it elevates the craft and the art of it. So I don't know. I, I really, I'm a, I'm a root for everyone kind of guy. So I sort of feel like, yeah, great. Everyone's doing podcasts, you know, like I don't fucking, it's fine. People come and go. Did you ever, did you, has anyone ever approached you about doing one? I do have a, a podcast idea. It's called Toxic. Well, I mean, I probably shouldn't even tell people. Someone's going to use it. Okay, but, don't, 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 don't tell. But you have no, a podcast. I don't care. It's never going to happen. I was going to call it Toxic Positivity, and basically, I just like talk about things that I don't understand that are really everybody's really into, like TikTok, and I make people come on the show to change my mind, basically, about the values and benefits of their popular thing they love. I think this is a brilliant idea. And, and I hope that, because here's I the thing. I feel like at a certain point, all this toxic positivity has to end and people will go back to being like, is that cool? Or is that <laughs> just really stupid and attention seeking? So at the end, do you do you give it a rating at the end? Like, well, I just yeah, talked. I could be like, you know what? I get it. I get it. Because people have changed my mind about things. I'm like the party pooper. I'm always sort of like, should we? Should we talk about our experiences or should we be like feral cats that have the dignity to go off alone to die? <laughs> so, but people have changed my mind and I've seen their benefit of hearing someone's experience can help you and save all that stuff. I'm so glad you brought up TikTok because I, if I was not a performer, I would I probably wouldn't consider it. But so many of my friends who are comedians are on it and I feel like, I don't know. It doesn't, it feels like, I don't feel like I want to do it, but should I? Like, I feel this. In the beginning, I thought TikTok was only people behaving like 11 year old girls, making up dances and filming them. That's what I thought was really all that was happening. And then I realized that, yes, there's like animal videos and people do all kinds of things on TikTok. So now it just seems like it's just people posting videos. So it's, you know, it's lost. It's, 
it's um I've lost my sort of vitriol for it. Yeah, I just every time I think about posting on TikTok, it's just hard not to go. I just turned 50. Like, is that weird? Because it's called TikTok. It really is. It's because it has this like adorable cutesy name. And because the most famous people from TikTok are famous for doing strange dances in their bedrooms. Like, what should we call call it? Dance around club? Like, what are we supposed to? Should we call like a videos? It's just like a video sharing platform. (laughs) Give it a more adult name. Take all the fun out. Yeah, well, it really needs to be stripped of all its funsiness. Well, I, I just I read a whole article. I was this really fascinating article about uh, a, this a woman who's twenty seven and she's an Excel master, like she's a master of Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. Okay. So she started making TikTok dance videos where she would show like incredibly helpful Excel tips. And that it was- makes sense. I wish there didn't. I don't know why there has to be dancing, and I don't know why they have to be like. <laughs> I wish, tell me the information. I wish I you could to, see what you just did. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Pointing. So like the music, and then they point to a thing, and it pops up on the screen. And yeah. it's really, like, just tell me. Why can't well, you just tell me? Why do I have to watch you dance? She she's she's basically made like a million dollar bit because she was using it as advertisements for you subscribe to her website. And she has all these incredible Excel tutorials and now she's making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And that makes a lot of sense. And again, she is somebody who is selling a thing. It's a right. thing. It's a talent. It's a skill. That's fine. I get that. I just don't understand the ones that just dance or it's like a father daughter doing dumb dances. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> but also, and this is probably not, it probably doesn't make any sense to even, you know, to put myself in the same room but you think about it, it's like well Keanu Reeves isn't on social media and he's fine it's like yeah I know but that's Keanu Reeves you know what I mean like it's not yeah. but I, we, we both know a lot of people who are not on social media and they're fine yeah I know but then then you watch all the people fall and gradually join social media and you're like mm, maybe there's maybe there's something to this <laughs> your Instagram's really fun though because it's really like it it's I don't know it just it just has a nice vibe to it because well, it's good. like I'm terrible at like that whole idea that we were all supposed to like brand ourselves and figure out what our thing is. And I'm not good at that. I'm just way too random of a person. And so it's good to know that. I mean, it just feels very piecemeal to me, but whatever. So before I let you go, last bit of advice before we're, before we have a baby, is there anything you can think of anything someone told you that ended up being very helpful, some piece of wisdom to pass along? I don't know. I mean, I'm the youngest of four children. I was essentially raised by dogs. So I feel like the best thing to think about is that everybody's going to be okay. (laughs) Okay. They're fine. (laughs) People have been doing this for a long time. Don't put too much into it. I mean, don't put too much stress, stress. into it. <laughs> stress. Put, put a lot into it. Don't put too, don't put too much into it. You can leave a baby. They're fine. You leave a bowl of water over there. They'll figure it out, right? Come on. Leave yeah. the baby with the dog. It'll be fine. You, but your dogs, it sounds like they're not going to be super helpful when it comes no, to caring. No, they're not. They're not going to be helpful. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not so, for our dog. So you can't rely on them. But the cat is going to be yeah. <laughs> The cat will let us know. So the cat will let us know if the baby's okay. <laughs> well, uh, I cannot thank you enough for being here. And I really hope that one of these days we're able to all um, yes, together and say, say yeah. hi, IRL. Babies, um, get the babies together. <laughs> get the babies together. We have so many friends who are having babies right now. And we're so excited because we feel like, oh, there's this whole generation that's all, there's a whole generation of like pandemic babies that are all coming out that hopefully are friends. Yeah, that'll be great. It'll be good for being social. It's hard when you're the only one with a baby. I know it's because I, I, I do. I would have friends who would have kids and then I didn't see them a lot after they had a kid. And now I understand. It's like, well, they don't have time. And also they're probably hanging out with people who also have kids because they the very specific want. style of socializing you have to engage in afterwards. Yeah. 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 So uh, good luck with everything. Thank Best you. of luck in the next six days. Lydia, please. Oh, I absolutely will. She just sent me a text and said she was so sorry she wasn't able to come down. She's been trying to set up stuff upstairs, but but hopefully we'll – I think she has your information, so hopefully yeah. we'll see you soon. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, have a great holiday. Yes. Happy holidays. You too. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye. ID 10 T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts